but also supplied drinking water to the population, pure water for steelmaking and other industrial processes, and the water that fed the canal system on which the Ruhr depended, both to move raw materials to the factories and to carry finished products, aircraft parts, tanks, guns and munitions away from them. However, attempts by main force, as the squadrons carrying out mass bombing raids in Bomber Command were known, to attack small targets with a required accuracy, had so far proved ineffective. Where the requirement was for saturation bombing over a broad area, main force could be brutally effective, as the thousand bomber raid that devastated Cologne at the end of May 1942 had already demonstrated. But regular success in bombing individual targets, particularly if they were as difficult to access and as ferociously defended as the dams, had proved elusive. Attacks by torpedo bombers like the Bristol Beaufort and the Fairy Swordfish were foiled by a lack of suitable weapons, and by heavy steel anti-torpedo nets strung across the waters of the dams to protect them. A more radical solution was needed, and the British engineering genius Barnes Wallace supplied it. The upkeep bouncing bomb, a cylindrical weapon like a heavyweight depth charge imparted with backspin to rotate it at 500 revs a minute. If dropped at the right height and distance from the dam, the bomb would skim like a pebble thrown across the surface of the water, bounce over the top of the torpedo nets and strike the dam wall. The backspin would then hold it against the face of the dam as it sank below the water before detonating to blow, it was hoped, the dam apart. Having demonstrated the theoretical effectiveness of the bomb, all that was needed was a squadron of bomber crews capable of delivering it with sufficient accuracy. Since no such squadron existed, it became necessary to create one. 617 Squadron And at the end of March 1943, recruitment of suitably skilled and experienced crews began under the leadership of Wing Commander Guy Penrose Gibson. He was a man with a glowing reputation as a fearless pilot, willing to take off in even the most marginal weather and attack the most heavily defended targets, whether capital ships or military or economic targets. The head of Bomber Command, Air Marshal Arthur Bomber Harris, later described Gibson as the most full-out fighting pilot under his command, and as great a warrior as this island ever bred. Gibson had flown two full tours on bombers, and one on night fighters, completing the astonishing total of 172 sorties, even before joining the new 617 squadron. As a squadron leader, and then a wing commander, he was as ruthless in screening his crews as he was aggressive in facing the enemy. That ruthlessness, and an often abrasive and patrician manner, particularly with NCOs and other ranks, made him enemies. Some of his ground crews nicknamed him the Boy Emperor but none could deny his courage or skill as a pilot, which were reflected by the distinguished flying cross and bar and distinguished service of order and bar he had already been awarded prior to joining 617 Squadron. Gibson was given a free hand in choosing his men, all volunteers, from among crews who had already completed or nearly completed two tours of operations. The screening process continued even after they were chosen. Gibson posted two crews away from the squadron after deciding they were not up for the task, and a third crew chose to leave after their navigator was also deemed unsatisfactory by Gibson. 
intensive training of the remainder lasted for several weeks. In April 1943 alone, his crews completed over 1,000 flying hours, and at the end of that time, Gibson reported that they could fly from pinpoint to pinpoint at low level in total darkness, flying over water at an altitude as low as 60 feet, and carry out precision bombing with remarkable accuracy. They practiced the raid itself using reservoirs in the Peak District and Rutland, as substitutes for the Ruhr dams, and after a full-scale dress rehearsal on the 14th of May, 1943, simulating the routes, topography, and targets of the actual raid, Gibson pronounced it completely successful. The dam busters, though no one yet called them that, were ready to take flight. They had been training for six weeks in the utmost secrecy for a low-level bombing mission, but none of them knew the actual targets until the final briefing on the day the raid was to be launched.